Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And just a reminder, our home base is wedontdie.com, where you can always find our free Sunday gathering with medium demonstrations, classes, and so much more. I'm also the host of Shades of the Afterlife, where I am a reporter in on the afterlife. And so between the two shows, I now have over 600 episodes. So I am in it and I'll give you everything I've got. Today is no different. Our guest today is retired attorney Maria Pei, who has gone through an unimaginable loss. She's the author of the book, Journey to the Upper Realm, How I Survived the Deaths of My Sons and Learned to Communicate with Them on the Other Side. Maria shows us that from unbearable pain and loss can come self-discovery, service to others, and the strength and courage to continue this life's journey. I invite you to check out her website, Sean and Kyle, imaginefund.com. There you can read her book or find out where to purchase it on Amazon. Find out more about Sean and Kyle and make a difference with the Imagine Fund. Maria, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Really a pleasure to see you. And I know that somewhere our paths have crossed in 2016, 17, I don't know, out in Scottsdale at the Afterlife Symposium. And there we both met the wonderful Sonia Rinaldi. And it's just wonderful that we're finally able to connect here. Very happy. Yeah. So if you don't mind, I haven't mentioned too much about your story, but would you mind sharing a little bit about you and your boys and what happened to have you really on this journey? Absolutely. So my journey really begins in 2011. At the time I had divorced from my then husband And he was the father of my two children, Sean and Kyle, at the time that they were 15 and 13 years old. And we had a shared custody. And basically, the boys split their time between us. It was on June 21st, 2011, that my ex-husband, their father, took their lives, both of them, and then took his own. And I discovered this on the morning of June 22nd. And that was really when I guess I started my journey or the world kind of cracked open for me. Yeah. And I heard on another interview that you did, did you hear it on the radio or the news that something had happened in the town that they were staying? I was actually getting ready for work at my home. They had obviously been staying with their father who lived about five miles away I was just getting ready to leave the house and I just caught something on the news that caught my attention, which was just a picture of the neighborhood with some police tape up and the reporter saying that there has been a murder-suicide. So I just stopped me in my tracks and I don't know, I guess somehow spirit knows there's something happening. So I started making phone calls, calling both of my sons, um, my ex-husband's phone, and of course, nobody answering. So I just got in my car and drove straight there and arrived. They had the police tape up. And I just said, please, please tell me it's not my sons, is what I said. And they asked me my name and my son's names. And they said, "There's, there's been some deaths. And that's when I just collapsed 
to the ground. It was a strange need to feel earth at that moment. And that was really the things on, obviously, on the material world that occurred that propelled me into the journey that I went on, that I'm still on. We are on these journeys and awful to say that sometimes our darkest moments help us to believe in a bigger picture. At the time, did you believe in the afterlife? Were you spiritual at all? I can't say that I was. I was very much enmeshed in the material world, focusing on achievement, accomplishment, success, same thing for my kids. All I was thinking about was working. At the time, I was working for the County of San Diego. I was a trained attorney. So everything was logical and rational for me. And so I don't want to say that I didn't believe in the afterlife, but I didn't have a focus there. That was not where my attention was. So really didn't know where to go after this event occurred. I was just numb and shocked. And then also just didn't know how to solve this problem that had occurred. So that's when I had to really just open myself up and start trusting the intuition and the spirit and the soul within to lead me in a direction where I could continue. There's nothing worse than grief. And I heard you say it's like love inside out just wringing the love cloth dry over and over and over again. The more we love, the more painful it is. So from the bottom of all of our hearts, we send our love to you. I know time has passed, but I also know how grief works and it's a mess. It can get triggered and all those things. Sandra, I really look at it differently now. Grief to me is such a gift because it really is a reflection of the love that we have for our children and for others. And so when I feel it coming on, which is not that often anymore, even though I guess I carry it around with me and sometimes it will bubble to the surface or leak or something will trigger it. But I look at it as a reminder to me of the love that I share with my sons that I shared with them. I continue to share with them and will continue until I can reunite with them again. I tell people when the grief comes, really try to embrace it, really let it come in because that is just love in another form. Yeah, it is. I said this at the very beginning, but Sean and Kyle, imaginefund.com. You're so generous that people can click on the PDF and read your book. And there's so much to you and your story and the boys, but I really encourage people to take Uh, Maria up on that offer. And the boys were the ones that really prompted me, pushed me to write the book. And so it's out there for anybody that wants to read it, that it can help you. You don't have to pay for it on the website. You can just download it if you like, but it's certainly a gift that I am bringing or like to give to others and help them along on their journey. Thank you for that. Where did you begin on the spiritual journey? Did you find someone? Did you know about meditation? Someone help you along on the journey to believing? Yes. And I I still have very strong memories of this. I remember probably two or three weeks after my sons had passed, we had had the memorial service. 
I'm just sitting at my desk at home in my house and just at a loss as to what now, well, what do I do now? And as I was sitting there, I just had this thought pop into my head and it was call Marcy. And I remember that one of my friends, Shannon, her sister was Marcy. And I actually never met Marcy before. I knew of her. And so I contacted Shannon. I said, I need to talk to your sister and come to find out that Marcy was a shaman. And so I ended up coordinating with her and spent about a week with her at her home. She was so generous. And she did tell me later, she checked in with her guides to make sure that this was supposed to happen. And I spent a week with her, what I call spiritual boot camp. And she taught me how to meditate, how to journey, do a shamanic journey to meet my sons so I could actually talk to them and connect with them. Again, something like divine guidance leading me to work with Marcy. And it helped me to just develop this aspect of myself that the intuitive aspect that every all of us have it. It's just a matter of opening yourself up and suspending disbelief, I guess, for a bit and just go with it. Even if you think and that it's might not be real, I certainly was very skeptical as well about these things. And it took me a lot to really get to the point of being able to go even beyond believing that there's something much more than what's on the physical side of our experience. So through the journeying, you've been able to connect with the boys. Yes. Marcy started me on something very simple. And she said, just go sit outside, wherever it is, sit outside, close your eyes, and just focus on listening, listening to whatever's out there. It could be a bird or a a dog in the distance or traffic, whatever it is, just sit there and focus on that. And it was amazing because I think what that did is it, it gives your thinking brain something to do and then allows the rest of your being to receive. And that's when I first started even feeling my boys and sensing them and seeing colors. And it was just a very simple meditation that anybody can do, even just start off for five minutes. And at the very least, it will help you have a little bit of peace and and serenity. Did you visualize that you would meet with them at a certain location or anything like that? Yes. Once I started learning how to do the shamanic journeys with Marcy, she first helped me visualize going to animal realm and then fairy realm, these different realms that exist where we can meet our spirit animal in the animal realm. And it was just progression on to developing this um, upper realm where a safe place that I could envision, imagine, if you will, a place where I could feel comfortable meeting with the boys. And it was sometimes more real than what we experience here in the physical world. I even had Marcy comment at one point. She said, I just need you to promise that you're going to come back because I don't want to go have, have to go back and get you, <laughs> get you. That's how real it was to meet with them. Yeah, people take for granted what's possible. And I know even through some lucid dreaming and other experiences I've had, you can't tell me they weren't real. 
And there's been some yes. real verifiable information that people have gotten that there's no way that they could know through those moments. So yes. you went on that journey and now you're sharing about it. And I know you share in the book also. And when we hear other people's stories, Maria, it's easier to say, okay, if that's possible for them, maybe I can do that too and start on that. Absolutely. And again, I think we as individuals have our own journey, our own experience. And so just being open to anything that might work for you. This is something that works well for me. And I know there's other people that have shared their stories with me about how they've communicated through astral travel or some other form of communication. And so what worked for me might not necessarily work for everybody, but it's certainly worth a try. And and just, again, just staying open to any possible ways to communicate, whether it be in dream, meditations, automatic writing. There's just so many different ways that spirits communicate with us. Could you tell us a little bit about Sean and Kyle and if they have communicated with you, what they're up to these days? Because I'm completely believe they can keep one yeah. foot in our world, yes. keeping an eye on us, but there's work yeah. to be done. There's lives to be had in the unseen yes. world. I don't, and honestly, I don't communicate with them on a regular basis anymore. I just have a sense that they're progressing in their own journeys and their own work that they're doing. I know Sean is working within the realm of music. He always loved music. He was a, a guitar player and I've heard little snippets from other psychics or mediums and little things about maybe what they're doing. I remember one person told me that, oh, he's a sound engineer right now for John Lennon. And there was no way she could have known that John Lennon was his idol, his favorite artist, and that he was so much into the Beatles. So I know that he's doing something in music. And then Kyle was my little sports nut, and he loved football. He loved science. I just get the sense that he's doing something in with regard to light. And I'm not really sure exactly what it is. Probably too advanced for me to understand at this point. But yeah, I, I get the sense that they're definitely keeping busy. I get what you say about not constantly in touch. My dad passed in 2010 and it was out of the grief that I felt and the research that I did that I ended up coming forward with what I knew about the afterlife and grief and my book came out. And so many people think, oh, you must be in touch with your dad all the time. No, I really do believe because I've gotten the validation from mediums and things that he's by my side. He's helping get the good word out that we go on. But I think our lives really are to be lived. And I know he's still alive. I do. And every so often the memory will come in. I'll be like, Hi, hey, dad, or I'll be in that quiet zone between sleep and awake and either see him or feel a memory. And say, hey, dad, but it's okay to live our lives. And I think our loved ones want us to. Yes, that's so true. And that's what I was going to say, Sandra, is that I, at one point when my shamanic journeys started uh, becoming less frequent, I'd ask the boys, why am I not seeing you as much or being with you as much? And they said, mom, you have life to live. You have your human experience still. 
to go through and we're always going to be around. And I notice that they do pop in at those moments when either you really need them or there's something that just a little reminder that we're around. But for the most part, they want us to be living our lives. We have so much more that we've got on this plane to do, to learn. And so the fact that we don't have a daily discussion or even a weekly discussion, that doesn't mean that they're not around. It just means that they want us to focus on living our lives here and they'll connect with us when we need them or they need us. Absolutely, they will. The way I found you is actually seeing pictures of your boys for a number of years. Two years ago, we produced a movie called Rinaldi, Instrumental Transcommunication to the Other Side, about the work of Sonia Rinaldi, who takes pictures and captures things like steam and different energy, uh, even audio and chopped up sounds and voices of loved ones come through. And now pictures and 3D pictures and in color pictures come out of some of her work. And I've seen Sean and Kyle so many times. And then on one of her e-magazines that she sends out, there was your name. And so I don't know if this was just me, my own soul, or your boys saying, interview mom, Sandra. I don't know, but I just really felt certain that I wanted to connect with you and and hear your story. Could you tell me a little bit about your interaction with Sonia and some of the pictures? Yes. Oh my God. Sonia is such an amazing person. So I first met Sonia probably would have been like uh, 2012, 13, something like that. It's been a while. And she was coming to uh, a conference that Craig Hogan was organizing with Roberta Grimes. And I didn't know anything about her work. I knew she did something with the instrumental transcommunication. And Craig had said, Sonia is going to be presenting. And she thought maybe it would be helpful to coordinate with some of the other presenters on maybe what she can capture or whatever she can get with her with her work. And so he said, would you be willing to give her a couple photos of your sons? I said, yeah, sure. No problem. Here, here's the photos. So I, I sent them to her. And a short time later, she sent me back some images. They look like my sons, but I, she says, what do you think of these images? And I, at the time, not knowing anything about what she did, I said, I'm not really sure what to think of them because, you know, I know you people use Photoshop all the time. And there's that skeptic in me, you know, the cynic is like, well, where did she get these or how did she manage to manipulate these photographs? Well, I come to find out she explained to me her process. And I'm not sure if she's still doing this, that she could be, she likely is. But what she did is she would have the image of my son on her computer, just showing on the screen. And then she would have a a video recorder that would just be focused on that photograph on the computer. And she would film this. And so it would be hundreds and thousands of frames, still frames, you know how films are made. And she and her team would go through every single frame to see if there was a change in the image. And lo and behold, she came up with these two images, which shows clearly when she presented them that my sons had progressed in life. They were looked a little bit more mature. They were older. The images were different from 
the photograph. When I saw that, I realized that spirits, including my sons, can manipulate energy or this type of electronics or whatever. And and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this where the lights will turn on or the music will play a certain song because it's easier for them to manipulate that type of energy as opposed to hard matter. So that was my initial work with Sonia. And I think for her, it was a breakthrough as well, because she always talked about your sons. They showed me kind of like the Akashic record, like the progression of the souls. And they're older now. They're growing on the other side, just as they would have here. That was my initial work with Sonia. And I did a few other things here and there, but I'm so pleased to see how much she has doing for so many people. And she's just an incredible human being, incredible soul. I love her dearly. I do. I do. If anyone wants to see some of her work, you can actually see the film on Amazon Prime. Uh, It's called Rinaldi or on the wedontdie.com website, the store page on the front page too is a link where you can watch it. For me personally, Maria, I had seen your son's images and some other images. And I start talking to my dad. I said, dad, if there's a way you can get down to Brazil and do find out whatever she's doing and get your face on there. And Sony didn't have any pictures of my father, nor did I send her any or nor really could you find any. And then suddenly there started to be some images that came through. And at that time, she had an Easter egg mold, a clear Easter egg mold. And she was using different... um, projectors and putting static in the center and then just filming it. And lo and behold, out of the static, a face forms as my dad's face. And then it it disappears. And she sent me that video because she regularly sent me some unknown people. And I'm like, that's my dad. We have a similar to picture of him like that back in his Air Force days. He died when he was in the 70s. When he was in about 26 is what it looks like. The picture that she has that came through, he's looking off to the side with a, a smile, a little different smile. And um, picture we have, he's looking straight on. And that's one of those from believing to knowing moments. And then yes. a couple of years ago, my former boyfriend died tragically. And I did ask, I said, is there any chance? Because my heart was heavy and I knew her. (laughs) And I thought, if I'm not imposing too much, because she doesn't work with the public. Thousands of people come to her for um, these pictures and and she works with a a team. And if there's opportunities that she can work with the public, she'll definitely share that. Uh, But she did. And so she had the picture of this guy, Mike. And the one picture turned into a different kind of project where She put vapor over the picture and the vapor over to the right of the picture started forming images and it started forming 3D images. And not only was his face there, but from a smile, he closed his mouth, his head moved. She even has people now, she's got a a nice young lady who's come through who blinks her eyes in the videos. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's come along. And there's more to come. So I keep giving myself goosebumps here. Oh, that's great. You know, I remember one time asking Sonia, how did you get my sons to come to you? She says, no, they choose to come. Yeah. They choose to come. Yeah. There's no doubt they're working on the behalf of humanity is what I think with some other young people. Yeah. 
Mm, really incredible. Tell us about the Sean and Kyle Imagine Fund. Yeah, that's just a, a, a very a modest fund for promoting what their ideals were and are. And Sean was all about peace and love. And if you could think of that 60s hippie, old soul, John Lennon type, that's the human being that he was. And sometimes I just try to find something that I can contribute to that would be in line with his ideals. And then Kyle is all about honesty, integrity, and doing your best. And so one of the latest organizations that we've funded is to promote peace. And there's a little piece about it on the website. But yeah, it's just something for me. Some of my friends and colleagues have donated. And so I just go with what feels right in that regard. And Sean always reminded me, even when I started writing the book and trying to do something to promote their ideals, he, I would ask him, How, I, I can't change the world. How am I supposed to do anything meaningful? And he said, mom, one person at a time. That's it. That's all you need to do. And that's all we can do, really. Whether it's helping with sharing my story or helping a cause, it's, it's just one person at a time. And I try not to feel too overwhelmed about trying to make huge changes in the world because I think the world is by design a conflicted place. And that's what creates growth for us as spirits, as souls. Could you talk a little bit about forgiveness? I know people are listening to your story and some people, especially who have children who have passed, feel a real sense of guilt. So there might be forgiveness needed to another person or to ourselves. How do we live on? Because that guilt can kill us. It really, it's tough. It is tough. Once I had a reading from a great medium in Orange County, Timberon. And I remember he brought through, and this was pretty early on after, I'd say one year after my sons had died and then my sons came through and they said, mom, I really want you to focus on forgiving our father, our dad. Talk about a big ask, right? Talk about how do you forgive that? And it's a process. It's not something where you can all of a sudden say, okay, yeah, I forgive you for what you've done. It, it's more of delving into yourself and really understanding your higher self and trying to open up as much as possible so that you eventually get to the understanding that we don't die. No one dies. And so what are these things that happen in our life? Why do people die? Why? They're life lessons, whatever is in your life, is obviously going to be different from my life. But my son's death is something that I've come to accept that this part of my journey and the manner of their transition is certainly one of the harder ones, I think, that somebody would have to experience. I know the other people that have experienced this type of traumatic tragic, gut-wrenching type of loss of a loved one. But that's all part of, I believe, part of the whole, the plan, the blueprint. And if forgiveness is part of your journey, that is something 
that you'll work on it. And there's no time frame. We know that. You do the little bit that you can for yourself because we all know forgiveness is about taking care of ourselves. Um, so in the grief part, you know, the feeling, oh, I should have been there or I should have known or I should have done something. To me, everything that happens uh, in our world, uh, in the physical plane, it happens um, exactly the way it's supposed to happen. And the reason that I believe that, the greatest evidence to me is that it has happened. And it took me a long time. Believe me, I didn't get to that point quickly. It's been a process. And I still have that, that process that I'm going through. But all I can say is just keep going. Your loved ones want you to keep going. You would want them to keep going if the roles were reversed. So every day that we're here, getting up in the morning, doing what we need to do, living life, even hopefully thriving for whatever time you've got left, that is all a, a testament, again, to, to the love and the, that we have with our family and our children, people that have passed on. I think it's something that's incredibly beautiful. It, it truly is a gift. And it's we're not here forever. We know that. Ultimately, we're going to one step closer, right, to being with those loved ones. But in the meantime, live it up. Enjoy life. That's what they want for us, to experience as much as we possibly can. And, and knowing that they continue to experience it with us as well. They're around. I agree. I've People have asked the whole guilt question. Our younger selves did the best we could at every given moment. And we just have to trust that. And the more we think a thought, the more we can create a new neural pathway and have a habit of thinking that thought. And it doesn't serve us. And it really is tough, though, when we're grieving. I want to just encourage people, if you're interested, you want a free copy of my book. Chapter 10 is on how to survive grief. And you can have a free copy just at wedontdie.com. If you put in your name and your email address, it says you get the first few chapters of my book free. And the secret is it's the entire book. But chapter 10 is how to survive grief. And with that, there's changes in our mind, our memory, our biology. And I go into some explanation of why grief does what it does. And for each person, and I know Maria knows this, it's a different journey. And we can't block it because what we resist persists but we can't make it wrong. But there are some tools, like when we start thinking of repetitive thought, whether it's grief or something, that we can short circuit it and maybe put in a positive thought or memory, something like that. But there's tools there to help you. There certainly are. And I'm like Maria, you can certainly buy a book on Amazon, but take it for free because there's so much information really that can make a difference. Maria, I know there's people that don't feel that they can go on when they have such strong grief and you've made it through what I think most people would find unimaginable. What can you say to them? I'm going to go back, Sandra, to a couple of weeks after my sons had passed. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. I wanted to die. I wanted to be gone. And I remember 
begging one of my friends, please just give me some prescription or something because I don't want to live here without my sons. So that is a very real emotion and there's nothing wrong with it. But for me, I really had an important realization when I was driving back home a few weeks after my sons had passed, I went to go see my therapist counselor and I realized that she would not be able to help me because she was trained in psychoanalysis or whatever. And so she basically sat and watched me cry for an hour because there wasn't anything she could do. I was in grief, extreme grief. And I said, okay, I'm going to drive home now. And she was shocked to hear that I had driven myself to this counseling session. And as I was driving home, that I realized that um, I guess people believe that you can't really function after something like this. But I thought to myself, yeah, I drove myself. I can crash my car into a wall or I can drive off the corner of a bridge. Or there were all these ways that I could take myself out of this physical reality. And that's when I had the realization that my spirit was a heck of a lot stronger than my human being, the human part of me. Um, my spirit was telling me in no uncertain terms, no way, no way, you're not going to do that. And there was no way that uh, that was um, going to be uh, what happened to me. So when I think about grief and that realization, again, it's what do you do to help yourself? I yeah, I don't know. Gosh, everybody's so different. Okay. And I honor and respect that. And so when I've just told people, try to embrace the grief, they say, what are you talking about? I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. For me, it was just coming to the realization that, that the grief, the whole spectrum of our emotions is meant to be felt in our lifetime. That's why there's all these things that occur in our life, happiness, joy, elation, but also grief and sadness and loss. And that's part of the human experience. And knowing that the grief is my love for my sons just helped me get through. And I also remembered that whenever I was feeling, that really is the time that they're closest to me is during that grief. And again, I don't know if that helps other people. It certainly helped me. And I think reaching out to family and friends, but also not being afraid of it. Like you said, you know, what we resist persists. And to allow yourself to grieve, to really let those emotions in, it's amazingly cleansing to do that. And it, and it actually can give you strength. You have to let the emotions process through you. Otherwise, they do get stuck. That's one of the things that I learned from Marcy is that emotions get stuck in your body and they can manifest in different physical ways. And so just to allow them to go through, just like we allow love and happiness, all those good things to process through and really feel them. You can do the same thing with grief and sadness. It's not a bad thing. And it, it certainly can be painful. It certainly can hurt. But again, it's, it's not a bad thing. I agree. And also you were on the journey of looking for your boys through meditation, the journeying, Sonia Rinaldi and 
mediums and all that. And to get those words and those pictures and those images, even in your own mind, nobody can take that away from you. Nobody can say, oh, yeah. Maria, that was just your imagination. That's how they communicate to us. Yeah, absolutely. I used whatever resources were out there. I read many, many books by Roberta, by Craig Hogan, by other mediums, other people. I've tried to absorb as much as I could. And I also had some pretty amazing uh, readings with some of the mediums that are out there too. All those things can help. And they certainly did for me. So go on your individual journey and ask for help. You can and research spirituality. What can people find inside your book? Because you know, I'm going to share, 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 Maria. (laughs) I always tell people, if you're going to read my book and it's not a short book, please read it all the way through because it is my journey. And there's so much heartache and grief and pain. And it's important to come out on the other side where I came out, which is a realization that everything that I learned in my journey and to be able to come out whole again. I always think of my heart as being shattered in a million pieces, but it's still together and it's still beating. And that in itself is a gift. But actually what it is, it's transcription of my journals that I made when I was in my process. So after my son's passed, there were a couple of things that I started doing that I never used to do, which was meditate and keep a journal. And so this is my journal from basically every day of my experience for that first year after they passed. And people ask me, how did you do it? How do you get through? It's all in there, everything. And just being able to, again, stay open and be amazed at at what your loved ones can send to you, what what they can share with you, how they communicate. So you'll find a very personal journey in there. Different meditations, uh, different visits I had with them. Uh, because after I, after I had my shamanic journey to meet with them, I would then write everything that I could remember that it had occurred. And it's it's a very personal experience. And I just hope it can help other people see that you can do this and your loved ones are there helping you to do this. Thank you for sharing that. And I know a number of years have gone by and while the stories may not be fresh on your mind, they were fresh on your mind when you wrote them. And that's what's within the book, Journey to the Upper Realm. And so I encourage people to check it out. You can go to Sean and Kyle imaginefund.com and Sean is spelled S E A N. And of course, wherever you're listening or viewing this, you can click on the live link beneath it. It does help Maria to know that someone's gone through this journey and they've come out on the other side. It's tough to talk about grief in somebody's passing to someone who hasn't been through it. So even reading your words. It's so clear you're there, the pain. And like you said, read it to the end, Um, come out the other side. And life, you continue to learn and you continue to grow. Maria, anything else you'd like to share while we're here together? I just want to say that I am absolutely open to anybody that would like to email or talk to me. I just feel blessed that 
believe it or not, that that this journey that I've had has been amazing. Uh, there's so much joy in my life now. People sometimes find that hard to believe, but I know that my sons are in a place or a plane that is where they still thrive and grow. And so honestly, sometimes I'm glad that I don't have to worry about them here on earth plane. But I think that it's the experience that we're having here is it's truly a, it's amazing. And it's a, such a blessing. So I just encourage people to stay open to the possibilities that are out there and the resources that are out there for you. Thank you very much for that. And thank you for being our guest today, Maria. Welcome. It's my pleasure. Incredible. And for our listener or our viewer, thank you for taking the time to be with us. Again, Sean and Kyle, imaginefund.com. And Maria's book is Journey to the Upper Realm. And if you're interested in learning more about Sonia Rinaldi, or maybe even seeing her present live, depending on when you're listening or watching this. I know in April of 2024, she will be with our friends, Dominic Bogue, Scott Milligan, and Sid Patrick in New Orleans, Louisiana. You can go to wedontdie.com, click on the store page, and that'll take you on the link to find out about that. Also, I've got some past online demonstrations that Sonia has done with her latest work, and you'll find that all very interesting. I I know you will, absolutely. Also, wedontdie.com, Like I said, we offer a free Sunday gathering at two o'clock New York time every single Sunday. We're going into our fifth year doing it. And we have had well over 800 loved ones come through from the unseen world delivering special messages. And even if your loved one doesn't come through, you get to witness how close they are. And we have volunteer mediums at every one. So it's just fantastic. And of course, there's courses and you can read a copy of my book and so much more at wedontdie.com. But in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. I'm always so happy to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. And I have a favor to ask if this episode made a difference for you or any of them do. Share, cut and paste or press the share button and share it on social media. We human beings always post the good stuff, right? But you never know who is silently suffering. And this conversation might be just what they need today to feel better and to have hope. So share if you'd like. So I really want to thank you again for listening or for watching, and we'll see you again soon. (music) 